I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. Today, we have a highly insightful and energizing conversation with two leadership senior executives from Anheuser-Busch. As so many of us know, Anheuser-Busch is the largest division of AB InBev. AB InBev is one of the world's biggest consumer goods companies specializing in beer and actively adding non-alcoholic beverages to its portfolio. A series of acquisitions and mergers formed AB InBev in 2008. And by the numbers, they're huge. Over 200 breweries around the world, 2 billion consumers, 6 million customers, 10 million weekly transactions, revenues above 53 billion, and employees above 160,000 around the globe. Today, we're going to talk about AB InBev's refreshed purpose and how Anheuser-Busch is adopting it, embracing it internally and externally to drive the company forward with even greater clarity to its role in society, its role in the lives of its communities, its consumers, its retailers, its farmers, and the small businesses that sell beer in so many different forms. I'm delighted to have with me today, Lindsay King, who is USAB, Anheuser-Busch, Chief People Officer, I love that title, and Lindsay has spent her entire career in the field of people development, people continuity, people leadership. As well, joining Lindsay is Cesar Vargas. He is U.S. Chief External Affairs Officer, and he's going to share with us how you take this purpose and why it's so important, and it guides the actions of the company far beyond sales, but how it develops significant partnerships that are essential for the growth and the prosperity of the company. There are many, many lessons to learn from this conversation. The first part, I would like to read some portions of their relatively new CEO, Michelle Ducaris, in his CEO letter talking about their new purpose. We dream big to create a future with more cheers at AB InBev. We are reimagining the future together. 2021 was a transformative year, one in which we challenged ourselves to lead and grow our category, offer new ways to meet life's moments, and make a more meaningful impact on our communities and the world. Our ambition It's to lead and grow the beer category, and it's reinforced by our shared belief and clear intention to enable a sustainable and inclusive future. That is why we introduced our new global purpose. We dream big to create a future with more cheers. It's about adopting a larger sense of leadership to cultivate shared prosperity and long-term value creation. He goes on to say in his letter, beer is a formidable engine for economic growth 
and sustainable development and a driving force for promoting social norms centered on responsibility and moderation. Sustainability is good business and foundational to our company. The purpose we're going to talk about today is a refreshed purpose. Well, if you're a company that's been around for over 160 years and you're as smart as AB and Bev and AB, you've got a purpose, you've lived it, but as times evolve and especially going through a global pandemic, it's time to pause, look at that purpose and see if it can evolve. You're going to hear so eloquently from Lindsay and Cesar about why this purpose is so critical to companies in terms of their success, their employee engagement, their employee value proposition and such. So now let's turn to our dynamic duo, Lindsay and Cesar, to bring to life AB InBev's purpose and how it is activated across the company, especially at AB. The purpose we dream big to create a future with more cheers. And as Michelle said recently, I am energized by this new purpose. It represents what our company and our colleagues around the globe can make possible. It enables us to unlock, harness, and realign our existing infrastructure and assets to take us to more innovation, more sustainability, more occasions, and more value for all. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, Cesar and Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. It's great to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you. So let's just quickly start with your backgrounds. So can, cause you've both got really rich backgrounds. And so, um, talk about what they are. And then we're going to start jumping right into the purpose. Okay. Well, thank you. No. So I have been at, uh, and has a push InBev now for 15 years. I think I had my 15 year last month. Uh, I did nine years uh, in Toronto uh, in our Labatt business, always in the people team, and then was given the opportunity back in 2016 to move to Melbourne, Australia, to lead the integration with SAB Miller and run uh, the people team in Asia Pacific South. So I got to run Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, and India. Um, So moved down there with my two little kids. And then in 2019, I moved to our global AB InBev headquarters um, in Midtown, New York here and had a fantastic opportunity there running people continuity. And then I've been in this role now for a year. So it's been a year working and partnering very closely with Cesar, and it's been an absolutely fantastic run. That's wonderful. Cesar. Oh, my background, uh, a little bit different journey than, than Lindsay's. I, I was born and raised in Southern California. Then I've had the kind of privilege of having a uh, a, a rather lengthy 25-year-plus career, uh, mostly in public affairs, uh, working across uh, a number of different kind of large CPGs and, and different industries and, and sectors uh, over that time. Spent, uh, spent most of my career here in the U.S., but did spend um, about eight years based in Europe, where I had the opportunity to then work uh, internationally in markets uh, all over the world. And um, all of that culminated with arriving here at Anheuser-Busch in, in 2017. When it comes to this conversation, I think that background and that experience 
it was very helpful for me to kind of understand how different companies approach things like culture and purpose. And uh, over the years, I've seen a few different ways uh, that that companies kind of try to embed that and try to articulate those sorts of things. And all that was very valuable, very valuable. As then we kind of embarked on this journey at Anheuser-Busch to to take a look at our purpose and and refresh it starting a a year and a half or so ago. So to both of you, first of all, just why is it critical for an organization to have a purpose today? And then why is a refresh something that an organization would look at some years into its adoption? Having a a clear uh, purpose for an organization, any organization, certainly a company like ours, is it's like non-negotiable. So having uh, something that is a clear anchor for our internal colleagues, our employees, but also a way for us to articulate kind of the role we play, the value we provide to the to the outer world is is critical. It's certainly what all of our external audiences and stakeholders and society expects companies to to be able to articulate the role that they play. But I think more than that, and Lindsay can talk to this much more than I can, it's it's hugely valuable for our internal teams you know, something that they can rally around and really understand that they're they're part of of something that's that's bigger than that than them as as individuals. So a clear purpose is critical. We've had a purpose at at AB InBev as long as we've all been here. But I think that opportunity that, that we recently took to to look at it, uh examine whether uh, that that purpose was was right, given where we are as an organization and and the things that we focus on was was hugely important because we want to make sure that it it adequately captures and reflects who we are, you know where we are and and really importantly where we're headed. So that's why I think purpose is 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 critical for for us and and for any organization. And I want to ask you, are you a new convert? Coming from the public affairs world, I could see that Lindsay, her background is people, people, people. But um, are you a new convert to to purpose? You, you perfectly said it. You talked about the why as that guidance. But I'm just curious about that. I'm not a convert as much as, again, with the experience I've had, I, I've seen the difference between when, when a company kind of has a strong and clear purpose and how effective they can be uh, in terms of, um, you know, engaging, particularly with the outside world. So it's a it's an amazing asset, an amazing asset to have that kind of that clarity uh, of purpose. Um, and when you don't have it, I think you you find that it's very easy to get sidetracked, very easy to lose your way. Um, and so I think uh, having that to anchor on is very important. And you have over 500 brands around the globe. So you could have an absolute cacophony if you didn't have this guide. So, Lindsay, um, first, can you share with our listeners how many employees are in AB, um, I guess, North America? And then how many, how many in AB InBev around the globe? Yes, AB InBev around the globe is about 150,000. And then in North America, we're about just over 20,000 employees here. Great. And so... Why is purpose important to your work? For me, the number one driver is that, you know, purpose-driven companies have higher employee engagement. 
And it's almost as simple as that. So higher employee engagement is, you know, kind of at the core of what we are trying to do here every day. We know engaged employees are happier. They collaborate better together. They connect, they perform, they deliver results. And so at the core of really what we do is really trying to listen to our employees and, you know, um, respond to what their, their need is and really, really focus on their engagement with an effort to make, you know, high-performing teams at the end of the day. That's one. That's wonderful. You guys are like going to be the poster yeah. <laughs> executives for, for like why purpose now, but why the refresh? Yeah, well, in, in, in all honesty, I think um, to Cesar's point, so it wasn't always necessarily about embedding a new purpose into our organization, but more about understanding how our purpose uh, can better reflect who we really are as a company. So we have always had a tremendous story globally and in North America. We have, you know, these, we're really anchored in 10 principles that our employees really truly believe in. And it was about kind of retelling that story and reframing that narrative and really trying to make it more meaningful for an individual. So how do we really create that spark in each of our individual to understand why they're here, how they contribute to the broader purpose, and really trying to find those little bits of meaning with each of our colleagues. So I will let you, Lindsay, share with our listeners the new purpose statement. Yes. So our purpose statement is to a future with more cheers. Um, And to us, you know, that can really mean, you know, a variety of things, how we are coming together as colleagues, how we are coming together in our communities and our society, you know, um, how we are really, you know, bringing more inclusive initiatives into our experience. Um, But it's something that's really, really resonated with our people. It's up now all over all of our walls on people's desktops, something that's really, really resonated uh, with our colleagues around us. When I first heard it, I went, cheers. Oh, we cheer when we're in the bar, but it means a lot more. Yeah. So, Cesar, can you explain what cheers means? Because I think it's really important to understand the breadth of it. Yeah. And so, you know, first of all, that the at its very core, there's two meanings for cheers, all right? And one is, it is that moment when you're with family or with friends and you clink the glass and, and you're celebrating something special. Um, but cheers, you know, certainly also means that moment when somebody hits the home run or scores the touchdown and you have that euphoric moment of, of cheering. And we, we thought, you know, that that really is the feeling that, that we wanted to capture. We felt like that's the feeling that we, we want to aspire to be the kind of company that creates those kinds of moments. And we think we have that ability. And then when you connect it to the idea that, you know, we make beer and other beverages. So, so our products are right there at the center of a, of a, of a moment when you cheers. It's kind of that, that connection between something that's, easily understandable for, for us as a company uh, and appeals to our customers and our consumers, but then also has that broader societal appeal because a future with more cheers is a future that's more prosperous. It's a future that's more sustainable. It's a future that's more inclusive. It's all of those things is what we mean by a future with more cheers. So again, we wanted to kind of find that, that sweet spot between something that was core to our business but appeal to to broader uh, society. 
And and is dream big part of that? So dream big to create a future with more cheers? Because I know that dream big has always been part of your employee empowerment and that you really want your employees to feel like owners. So I'm just curious about, was that part of the old and then you were working into the new? So again, to both of you, um, I think refresh is, uh, you're ahead of the curve. And so you're refreshing. Most companies are still finding so any insights to refreshing and using the old and the new would be great. The purpose statement we had prior served us very well. Um, and it was, it was really perfect for who the company was as it began to evolve and grow, expand internationally. So there was certainly nothing wrong with the prior purpose statement. But again, as Lindsay mentioned, and, and you mentioned, Carol, we had some new leadership changes. We've evolved as a company. We took a look at our overall strategy. We were looking at a lot of things. So it was just the right moment to go back and re-examine. And you're right. The, the full statement that we use, particularly internally, is we dream big to create a future with more cheers. And this dream big part is kind of the internal part. It's really core to who we are, our culture. This dream big is something that's embedded within AB InBev and, and Anheuser-Busch. And it's something that all of our employees kind of gravitate towards, rally around, understand, and are very passionate about. And then you add that second element of creating the future with more cheers. And this is how we talk and appeal more to the, to the external world. And so it's why we do what we do, why we dream big. So with where the company is and where it's headed, it was, it was the right moment for that refresh. And, and of course, tons of work, tons of work to, to assess and examine and kind of unpack who we are and, and what went into the, the new purpose. But I think we came out in a very, in a very good spot. And it's something that everybody has, has reacted very well to our, our internal colleagues as well as external stakeholders. So, Lindsay, I am sure that you had a lot of employee engagement. So I'd love to hear about because it sounds so simple. Oh, we found the word cheers, but it's not. It's that, you know, it's really listening. So I'm curious about how you engage your colleagues um, around the country, top down, across, et cetera. And then I'm curious how you're cascading it now that you've announced it. Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, we have many colleagues here in all sorts of different cities, in different functions within the business that represent and come from different areas. So it was really important to make sure that we tested it properly with all levels of colleagues to make sure that it was something that really resonated. More importantly, to make sure, A, that they could understand, but also that they could explain it. It was important for us to say to people, you know, if I sent you all out to go recruiting, could you actually express what this really meant, what this meant to you, why it was there. So it's really, you know, it was something that we tested with with our colleagues, with our employees in multiple languages as well, all over the US and Canada to make sure that it really did resonate with people. And what we liked is people really found their own individual um, kind of story within what that meant to them. You know, for some people that meant feeling more included at the table. For some people, it meant celebrating the small wins along the way and celebrating the victories. But really, it really was able to resonate with with everybody in their own individual way, which was something that we really, you know, strive to find and appreciate it. And I was just going to follow up on that, which is like, because you're leaning into identifying my personal values with the company values, with the company purpose. And so I'm curious, as you answer this, how, you know, have you gone through exercises to identify my personal purpose is X, my values are Y? Cur- curious about that. 
Yeah, we actually are now uh, linking a new EVP. So an employer value proposition onto our purpose to really make sure that our employees understand internally first what our value proposition is for them, what role they play in the greater context. And I think that's one thing in the past that we we were always good at, but maybe needed to embed more, especially with the last few years of getting out of some routine was really you know, allowing people to understand the role they played, the value that they contributed in the company, how the achievements that we had at the end of the day, the end of the month, the end of the year, they really played a key part. And so it's really about trying to make it individual and connect to each individual and not in their own way. So, you know, you ask about how we're embedding it. We have a ton of activities coming up. This is not a side project or a side hustle. I don't think this is a one and done or a you know, it's not one of those KPIs that our boss has given us that says, you know, this is due Tuesday. This is, I think, an ongoing change for us, an ongoing, you know, underlying foundation for everything we do, for every time we change something, for always asking the why. Uh, so really, we see this more as an ongoing process and how we really start to embed this into our overall, you know, internally, our, our people cycle our foundation um, that we have built for our employees to succeed, all the moments that matter, uh, et cetera. So for us, it's 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 the framework that we that we choose going forward. So I look at both of you as internal and then external. And so curious, how did you engage in the refresh? And then even more so regarding, okay, this is how we're going to announce it and get it to be embraced. Because again, it's not like writing it on the wall. So I'm curious about how the two of you worked together on that inside, outside, you know, landing that purpose. Very important part of the process, uh, Carol, uh, because if we, you do all the work, you come up with what you think is the right purpose statement, you don't communicate it the right way and you don't kind of roll it out the right way, then then you really haven't achieved, you haven't achieved much because people get lost. So we spent a lot of time uh, making sure that we did that in a very thoughtful and a very deliberate way. For us, purpose, just like our like our corporate reputation, we, we very much believe that starts from the inside and then goes out. So we very much prioritized communicating with our colleagues internally first. We put together uh, a, a very clear and compelling story around uh, why we took a look at the purpose statement where we landed, what it means, and and made sure that we we explained very carefully all the elements uh, of the purpose statement, um, so that we we avoided confusion or or misinterpretation. And then once that was done, we we did I guess a version of that uh, with our external audiences, and we we made it clear that we had updated. You know, we took on the additional task of of updating some of our corporate visual identity at the same time, Carol. So um, we, we went through the exercise of looking at our, our corporate logo, um, and we made some small tweaks to that as well, because we thought that also needed a little bit of a refresh and an update. So it was a very compelling way to communicate to the outside world our updated look, our updated purpose, a little bit more inspirational, aspirational, more forward-looking, and really better embody the company that we are today, which is probably a little bit different than the the company that people typically think of when they hear Anheuser-Busch. All of that kind of worked together to to explain the update uh, externally. 
And you did a beautiful spot, beautiful video. We're going to put that in the show notes because I think everybody should see it. So, Lindsay, how did you feel about the interaction and, and you know, how often it happened and also other people on your team? Because it just can't be the two of you. Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's definitely way more than the two of us. And they are mostly much better than, than the two of us, to be quite <laughs> frank. So I think neither one of us would survive without them. What's interesting is I was listening to Cesar, I was re- reflecting a bit, thinking about in the past 15 years that I've always been in HR or people. I don't think I've ever worked so closely with you know the corporate affairs team as I have in the last few years, really, because I think taking that 360 approach, that 360 lens, it's more and more and more and more important to you know society, to our colleagues, to our communities, et cetera. So you know, Cesar and I have found a very nice way of working together, um, really being able to collect, you know, thoughts to link together the external and the internal. What was the biggest challenge I find internally is, you know, saying purpose and having words on paper. It's just words on paper. And, you know, someone like you, you, you think and read about it every day. So you're very well versed. But for some people, they kind of think that looks very nice on paper. How do I make this a reality? What does this even mean? And that's, where we, sp- we spent a lot of time and continue to is really trying to drill it down to focus on what this can mean for you, what this can mean for you internally and externally, and really try to make it real for people in their day to day. But, you know, we did town halls and communication sessions. We've got the visual all over the place. We had a really nice um, meeting where our boss did a kickoff at a big convention that we do at the beginning of the year. And both Cezai and I were part of that uh, introductory messaging to talk again, external and internal. So we're trying to tackle it in all areas. But like I said, it's it's really got to be embedded now into all of our moments that matter. It's not just a, a one and done. That's that's wonderful. Let's talk about actually activating it. So you've got the purpose, but and when you analyze all the great work that you focus on, you, you talk a lot about community, creating strong communities. And Cesar, I'd love you to talk about, and this is somewhat pandemic related, but I would assume it's 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 um strengthening as you as we get out of the pandemic. Your one billion dollar commitment to economic recovery. Can you talk about that? Because because beer and you have what a hundred and over a hundred facilities in the U.S., so you're very local. You're a big brand, but you're very local, and it, I don't think people understand that. So, can you talk about why economic empowerment is so important? For sure, it's it's one element, and I, I think overall, I would, I would back up first by saying that you know we we think that we have a unique set of of capabilities of relationships and reach that allows us to make almost a disproportionate positive impact if we if we really look at those connections that we have uh, and leverage those and bring those to bear when it comes to making a positive impact when it comes to strengthening strengthening our communities um, this one area that you touched on economic impact uh, investing in you know, I always like to say we're not investing in buildings and facilities. We're investing in communities because it's really about job creation. It's about economic prosperity. And it's about those things that drive, indeed, a better future, a future with more cheers, as, as we like to say. That's one big part of, of what we do. And we're really proud to announce that billion dollars of investments last year, now more than ever, as you mentioned, coming out of a, a global pandemic. And and we still have many challenges. We're in this inflationary environment and supply chain and 
and and just a lot going on war in Europe. So you know we're going to do what we can do here at home to to keep our communities strong, uh, and that's one big part of it. There's other things, right? We're investing in sustainable, you know, more sustainable operations across our our supply chain. We've always been a leader in responsible drinking. We have an amazing program around disaster relief where we can and distribute clean drinking water that we produce at our a couple of our breweries. So all of these things, if you think about them, and when we communicate to the outside world and to our audiences, they they do represent, you know, things that improve our communities and create that better future. So they all again kind of connect to this this purpose statement in many ways. And and one comment maybe I would make going back to to Lindsay's comments about the the internal colleagues. These aren't distinct audiences. I mean today your employees are a window to the outside world. They have their own networks. And honestly, we think our employees should be some of our biggest and strongest advocates. But they can only be that if they're educated, empowered, if they understand all these things, uh, these amazing things that the company does. So we work very hard, as Lindsay said, hand in hand to make sure we always are, are equipping our own teams with the information about the, the positive things that we're doing, because then you have this, again, disproportionate impact in terms of uh, sharing this information and, and, and getting, getting it out more effectively. That's great. And so I, I want to put you on the spot, Lindsay, but it's a good spot. Um, can you tell a story about, I mean, it's storytelling. It's, it's really shining a light that your colleague did something to another colleague, um, related to economic development, related to even, I know that you've been doing amazing work in the Ukraine, um, disaster relief. Is there a story that, you know, and I know also, by the way, we'll put this in our show notes that your recruiting video is lovely. You know, are you ready to dream big? So perhaps a story of, or one or two stories of an employee that truly lived your purpose and it's something that you tell a lot. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, Ukraine, and I know this is not an Anheuser-Busch in the U.S., but as part of our broader, broader global company, the employee outreach there has been probably like nothing I've ever seen. So we have employees opening up their homes, you know, opening up their lives to be able to support our colleagues get them hotels, get them places to stay, get them food, make sure they're safe, open up their own houses to these people. These are colleagues that may have never met, that are really there, that are in it for each other, you know, for the greater good, really trying to, to reach out and have that impact. I think the one thing you'll find here, we have a very, very active employee population. They want to get involved. So Cesar mentioned at the beginning ownership, that is one of the key attributes that we really look for when we're recruiting our employees and that we continue to measure on internally with our employees because we want to enable our employees to go out and do these great things. Go out and volunteer in the communities, go out and hand out drinking water or participate in the recycling program or even such things as, you know, um, actively support our colleagues throughout the, the crisis in the Ukraine. We have a program that we call Tap Into Giving, which is an employee match program. It's not something we just launched when we have an issue or when there's a hot topic. It's something that is open that our colleagues know very well. So when um, something bigger happens and outreach happens and need happens, our employees know where it is, how to use it. We do continue to open it up and push it and, and um, you know communicate it to our people. But it's kind of the ethos of who we are. It's not just you turn the switch on, donate your money and turn the switch off. 
it's not about that. It's about living these day-to-day principles, really living that ownership, really truly wanting to help people. So when Cesar says all the work we do in our local communities, that's when you see the pride come out in our employees more than any other time. When they know they can support, when they have pride to say, hey, look what my company just did. Look what we did in this pandemic. That's when you really, really see them making a difference and feeling good. So, you know, I, I have to give a lot of credit to our, the base of employees we have. They are very active and wanting to participate in such initiatives. I was very touched and go, going back to this billion dollars in economic development, because there's this theme about helping these small business owners. If, if it's a pub or if it's a bar, you know, they're not gigantic. Many of them are small. And it just seems like you have this gigantic community. And so uh, any stories about, you know, helping one or another and especially coming out of the pandemic, because um, the, the, a lot of places were closed. Yeah, for sure. Our, our industry, like, like almost every other industry, was impacted by, by the pandemic. And the one part of it that was particularly impacted was exactly that, the hospitality sector, the bars, the restaurants that we, you know, we really consider to be the, the heart and soul of, of our industry. Right? It's where people try our products for the first time and um, it's where people get together and at their neighborhood uh, bars and, and restaurants. So, they were significantly impacted, and we knew that that was an opportunity uh, for us as partners to to step up and and support them through the pandemic, and then as they uh, as they reopened, coming out the other side. So, one of the things that we did is we partnered with the National Restaurant Association. We uh, sponsored a program they developed uh, that that essentially was a, a training kit and a certification process for restaurants to advertise as kind of a, a clean and safe environment for patrons as, as we were in the midst of the pandemic. Um, it was a very valuable tool for them to raise awareness and kind of uh, reconnect with their customer base at a, at a very, very difficult time. Um, we've also supported them with uh, different resources, obviously financial, but also tools uh, reopening kits uh, as they reopen following the pandemic. So, you know, huge connection to those bars and restaurants. You know, if I go the other side, uh, when, when we think about our total supply chain, Carol, you know, even if you go backwards, you know, we, we purchase almost 100% of the, the quality ingredients we put in our beers from farmers in the United States. And we contract with all different kinds of suppliers for the raw materials that we use to, to make, distribute our products. So um, even kind of upstream in our supply chain, we think those kinds of investments and those kinds of relationships, I mean, half a billion dollars a year we're, we're spending with, with U.S. growers uh, buying uh, these commodities uh, here in the U.S. It's very important, very important at a time when everybody's under pressure uh, after the last few years. So both both when it comes to our hospitality sector as well as our suppliers, our our growers, we know we can we can make an impact and, and help them through uh through an otherwise a very challenging time. And on top of those challenges, the whole issue of activism today is absolutely it's front and center. A CEO wakes up every day, they don't know what is the in what's the issue of the day. And both of you are in really deeply involved, I'm sure, in those, you know, what 
will you do? How will you respond? So let's just talk about, in any insights you can share, let's just talk about George Floyd and um, social justice, uh, because that was um, obviously uh, so many companies responded in their own way. And so can you both talk about how you responded, how those decisions are made? That one was a little bit more, yes, we have to get involved versus some of the other ones today that you may not want to get involved because it may not be the right thing for you to do. So let's just talk about social justice and the post-George Floyd situation and, and how you responded. Yeah, well, I'll start and, and Lindsay can talk a little bit probably more about um, a lot of the conversations we had with our internal teams, which were very, very important, uh, maybe the most important part of the process, honestly, from our, our perspective. But from an, from an external standpoint, you know, one of the things that's amazing, honestly, uh, about working for this company, Anheuser-Busch, is the long history and track record that exists here when it comes to making a positive impact in our communities. And that, that extends even to areas like working with um, small minority-owned businesses, organizations focused on providing educational opportunities, scholarships, economic empowerment, uh, particularly for underserved communities, as well as, you know, even fundamental civil rights. So with organizations like the National Urban League, uh, the Hispanic Scholarship Fund, UNCF, the NAACP, we have established relationships going back decades. So in the summer of 2020, it was really a moment where we could celebrate those partners and double down and, and kind of recommit to why we have those partnerships in the first place and really kind of step into powerful impact uh, that, that, that we had been making, but then then we could do even more of. We also did, I'll just say one quick story, because I think it was a really cool initiative uh, at the time. Again, if we if we think about the, the unique impact we can have in moments like that, one of the things we did is we looked at our own industry and we said, look, well, how can we think about ways to drive even more diversity within the brewing industry? We got together with uh, UNCF and with Dwayne Wade, who happened to be one of the individuals we work with on on one of our brands, on Budweiser brand, and specifically Bud Zero, which is the non-alcohol version of Budweiser. And we developed a scholarship program where we would provide scholarship opportunities to historically Black colleges and universities and some other uh, institutions, specifically for Black applicants who were looking to get into the brewing industry and other kind of technical industries like that. Um, so we created this scholarship and it was, it was a way for us to do something a little bit different, a little bit on top of, of what we had always done, but also very connected to our, our industry and our company where we could, um, we had a right and, and kind of a, you know, a special value we could play. So that was kind of one interesting thing that, that we did at the moment that continues to this day uh, as well. Um, but then, you know, counting on all those partnerships that we've had for decades was was very important. That's a key point, um, Cesar, that having those relationships prior, that you've got authentic, trusted, you've had good conversations, tough conversations. That's what every company needs to do. It's not like, oh, my God, in an instant, I need to find it. It's you've already got the depth. 
Lindsay, this may have been perhaps one of the hardest challenges, I bet, as chief people officer you've ever had. Um, How did you, I'm just curious personally, how did you feel about the challenge? And then I'm sure you rose to it. So what happened? Well, the challenge is, um, you know, I I think understanding the why in certain circumstances that you're going to take the action, right? Obviously, this one called for it specifically, but just to, to even build on what Cesar said, for us, again, even internally, it was about partnerships. And I think maybe one common theme you're hearing he and I say a lot is about building that foundation. Again, it's not about a quick win. It's not about a quick, you know, flip the switch, do what you have to do and flip the switch back off. So for us, the partnerships that Cesar mentioned, we also extend to our, uh, in our recruiting realm, our development realm. And then internally, we've got really, really powerful ERGs, employee resource groups, um, under a, a broader group that we call Panorama, that we try to bring together on a regular basis that we are very active with. My head of, of uh, DNI, John Ship, is very active with the groups. And oftentimes, we do partner with them to, to try to figure out, hey, what's the best plan of attack here? How can we acknowledge this? How can we continue the conversation? How do we bring more people in to educate you know, on, you know, why this was maybe uh, such a hard event for some people to really, you know, keep the conversation going again. So it's not a one and done. So I think what you said and what Cesar said is key. It's really about having these very strong partnerships throughout, maintaining them and leaning on each other when you need to, because, you know, he's one person, I'm one person. We don't always have the right answers. So I think it really requires us to lean on those groups um, so we can help formulate formulate solutions together and keep that conversation active. We've been around for 170 years and you, you don't stick around that long. Um, if, if you're not constantly making sure that, that you are kind of playing a productive role in the community and in society. So, you know, just to Lindsay's point about the, the buy-in, there's no question here about the importance of those relationships um, and the value um, of of giving back, making a positive impact. Um, with that kind of history, you know, we learned we learned a lot of lessons a long time ago that, that many companies are just learning today. So we we have the value of that experience, um, and so that is something you know that kind of commitment is is just unwavering. It's it's truly embedded. In, in who we are. And it's why we're going to be here for another 170, at least. Uh, that's a very powerful statement. So, so let's talk about measurement. Um, I'm assuming you believe it, you live it, et cetera, but you still have to measure it. So how do you measure? Um, are you measuring applications, a length of tenure, tenor, um, innovation? So how do you measure and then I also want to ask both of you about the great resignation and how your purpose is helping you through that. We are a very data-driven company. There's no secret there, very KPI-driven company. But what's interesting in the DE&I space is that really there's a few key things you need to have the best recipe. So one is, you know, you need to engage in partnerships. One is you re- need a really strong communication plan. And one is you really need the right metrics. So you need to be able to track um, you know, the, the, the key cohorts, the key numbers to make sure that you are actually 
um, living up to what you say you're going to live up to. So, you know, with the focus on that, we focus on these moments that matter, these training and development and key metrics. And we do, um, I mean, I think I reported on it to my boss on a quarterly basis. We look at things like applications. So we know that hiring through these partnership programs, we're like 20 to 30% better applications than if we try to do on our own. We measure development opportunities. We measure exits. So are we seeing people exit the business at the same proportion as other people exit the business? So where we need to sometimes get better is on communication. I think we're very hard on ourselves internally. We want to communicate perfection and that's not the goal. The goal should be communicating along the way. But um, it, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. So we know that DE&I is the right thing to do. We know that the partnerships are the way to go. We know we're getting the right people in the company and, and we measure appropriately. Cesar, you want to add to that? Yeah, I'll just say maybe we're thinking about the the outside world and and the community impact that, that we're trying to drive. Because I, I think, first of all, it starts with identifying those areas that make sense for us as a company to really focus. Because, you know, again, a company like ours, it, it's not about a it's not about making a PR splash. It's about really making positive, sustainable progress and driving change. So that's why we look for areas, we look for initiatives, programs, and we look for partners that we think are equally kind of committed to driving that kind of meaningful change over time. Because when you're tackling some of these issues, Carol, these aren't quick fixes. <laughs> these are things that, that you know, we've been addressing and, and working on for, for decades and, and, and sometimes longer than that. So, we have to stay at it and, and we want to be committed. And so we look at a number of things and, and we really rely on our partners a lot, you know, not just to help us kind of guide us in, in ways we can have the most impact, but also in ways we can measure because there are partners out there that are, that are much better at assessing kind of our progress in different areas than, than us on our own. We look at other things. We look at third party metrics and indicators and that tell us whether or not we're making progress in a particular area. We do some survey work. So we, we go out and we listen. We listen to people. We, we try to understand their expectations of us and whether or not they think that we are uh, moving the needle in these different areas. So you kind of add it all up together. And at the, at the end, you, you figure out if you're making the progress you were, you were hoping to make. But it's very important to, to measure, not just, not just announce and, and then kind of disappear. We want to make sure that we're tracking that impact. So it sounds like that you're not having problems with the great resignation at all. It is real, <laughs> the great resignation. You know, I think that the, the labor market stats came out last Friday that indicated that roughly 50 million people voluntarily left their jobs in the country in 2021. And I think that equates to about 37% of the workforce. So our numbers are significantly, significantly below that. Um, yet still slightly higher than what we've seen. We are not facing, I think, what a lot of people out there are facing, but you know, we're not taking our foot off the gas by any means. We are still facing slightly higher numbers than we would normally be used to. Thank you for that candor. We're unfortunately coming to the bottom of this because we could talk for hours and maybe we'll have you guys come back in, in a year or so, but what are your top two to three insights for peers so people in external affairs, public affairs, people in people, the chief people officer, um, they're listening and they're going like, oh, my God, I want to be at AB. I want to dream big. And they have challenges. So perhaps you can give them some insights because they don't have a company that's over 170 years old with this incredible ethos. 
I think if I was to say my number one, again, it's probably the common theme of the day. It is to build the right foundation. So, you know, in talking about the great resignation, I personally think one of the reasons that we are managing okay is that we have built, we've taken the time to build the right foundation. We have a very strong people cycle that allows people to get the career development that they need, um, that allows them really good learning opportunities. So for me, it's about A, listening to your employees, meeting them in the middle, and then creating the foundation for them to come and activate. I don't want to be one of those people that you know throws a foosball table in the cafeteria and says, okay, this will really help <laughs> um, you know, with retention and engagement. For me, it's really about building the right foundation for managers to activate and employees to, to come and use. And that would be, I'd say, my number one tip if I had to, to give you one. Okay, the second thing, and again, we've touched on it a lot here, is use your employees as ambassadors. You know, they really want to get involved. They want to be part of the conversation. They want to be proud to go home at the end of the day to cheers their partner, their neighbor, whatever it is, and say, did you see what happened today that we did that was great? So use them as ambassadors. They're the best source of recruitment for you, the best source of communication, and you know, keeping them very engaged keeps them you know, very happy and, and, and contributing. Super. Cesar? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, as we went through that process, uh, it, was, it was a great thing to be a part of, honestly. I learned a lot. And, and one insight that I was left with is, this thing about purpose is it has to be authentic, right? It has to be true to who you are. We, we In our journey, we had this, quote, aha moment where we landed on a statement that it just felt completely connected to who we were because purpose is not a target destination, right? Your purpose is what underpins and guides you through the journey to your target destination. So it must be something that you can connect with and, and is authentic to who you are. I think I'd echo Lindsay and say that, you know, listening and learning along that journey are critical. We talked about, you know, making sure that you go inside out in terms of the sequence, very important, starting with your internal teams and then moving outside from there. And then when you can find that balance between something that's true to your culture, true to your core, but then also has that aspirational and inspirational element with your external stakeholders and external audiences. And that's really the sweet spot. And lastly, be consistent in, in how you talk about the purpose, where the purpose shows up, how you reinforce the importance of it. Because as, as Lindsay says, it's not a one-off. It's a, it's a constant journey and, and there's a lot of work to be done to, to be reinforcing it and nurturing it. Uh, every day. So that takes a lot of discipline as well. Great. So I always turn the mic over to my guests for that last parting comment. So anything, Lindsay, that you'd like to add for our listeners? I mean, you guys are well, well far along decades um, with consistency, with smarts, inside out, but anything you'd like to add? Well, listen, first of all, thank you for having us. This was a super experience and it's lovely to actually talk about um, kind <laughs> of outside great. of what we do on our day to day. So I think I just go back to one thing. The last thing I would say is, you know, our employees, our colleagues are our best advocates. We are at the start of this journey, right? We have a long way to go. We have a lot of um, effort to still do and to maintain and be consistent. And like Cesar said, so, 
you know, we, uh, yeah, talk to us in a year and let's, okay, let's we'll give talk, you an update we'll a year to we'll, see we'll how far that. along we are at in the, in the journey. But for us, again, it's not a, um, you know, it's not a end destination. It's really a journey that I'm really excited to be on. And Cesar? Look, can I, if I can say something that's hugely biased, sure. this is an amazing company. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch is an amazing company. And it's, uh, you know, a lot of people think of Anheuser-Busch as a beer company, but we're so much more than that. We're so much more than that. When you think about the impact that we have from our farmers to our suppliers, to our business partners, to our retailers, ultimately to our consumers that we delight with our products, and then to our communities uh, where we can make such a positive impact. So I think for us, it's really about leveraging those capabilities, leveraging that scale. You know, scale can be a good thing because you can make a positive impact in more places at once. So that's really what we what we try to do is is be more than just a a beer company. We're very proud of of the product we make, but but we know we can offer a lot more and and we're excited to to continue doing that uh, as we move forward. I want to underscore what Cesar said about your sustainability goals are very thoughtfully and it shows the breath. Smart agriculture, water stewardship, circular packaging, climate action and smart drinking. So it really shows the breadth and the, and the serious nature of you take your role to help to um, bring more cheers of all the different types. And so, okay, Lindsay, what's your favorite beer? Mm, I am a Michelob Ultra person. Right answer or wrong, that's me. <laughs> okay, Cesar. Well, I'm a Budweiser guy. You're a Budweiser so, guy, okay. Um, it's, it's, still my, it's still my favorite brand. It's an iconic American brand and, and kind of was always the flagship. And obviously, we, we have a very broad portfolio now um, with, great, with great brands, but I'll, I'll always be a Bud guy. And I'm a Stella person. Perfect. So I want to thank both of you for coming on the show because it's absolutely critical that senior executives from the inside and the outside, from cross-functionality, work together. And you have so brilliantly shared with our listeners the power of your purpose and how you're embedding it. So I'm definitely going to have you back in a year. And um, I just want to say to our listeners, Purpose 360, we're working really hard to show you how to embed purpose. You've heard from our colleagues here. It is so powerful. And um, as you are listening to our podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. We want to be the highest in, in among those great business podcasts. And also just ask your colleagues wherever you work or where you're going to work, what is the power of your purpose? I'm Carol Cohn. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Cesar, and here's a great beer for you.